Welcome to P3 Radio. The monkey only dances as good as the guy grinding the organ handle. Give a lesson. We're coming for you, baby. <laughs> and if you're going to call me back tomorrow, whatever I do. You better believe I took my turn a little bit. <laughs> what? Cool story, bro. PG3 Radio. Here's your host, Josh Friend. Ladies and gentlemen, next up we have crying little blind children. Richard Mulliken. I don't know. Is this making any sense to anybody out there? It's showtime! It's showtime! It's showtime! Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of P3 Radio. I'm Richard Mulliken, joined by my co-host and best friend, Josh Briley. Say hey, Josh. How's it going, everybody? We've got a great show planned for you today, guys. We have our interview with wrestler The Human Tornado, plus a lot more. It's all coming up after this commercial break from The Wine of the Month Club. When you go shopping for wine, do you look at the labels? Do you stare at the price and wonder if the wine is worth the expensive tag? Well, stop it, because Wine of the Month Club has you covered. Every month, Wine of the Month Club is going to send you two bottles of high-quality wine right to your front door. And what better way to say I'm thinking of you than a subscription to the original Wine of the Month Club for a friend or a sweetheart. Each month they'll be reminded of your thoughtfulness and will receive the monthly wine letter and newsletter binder. Recipes, wine knowledge, and great wine, and the opportunity to get more of their favorites is at hand. Give with confidence and joy knowing that you're a part of the original Wine of the Month Club. By the way, there are no dues, no fees, no hidden charges. Cancel any time with no obligation. Just pay no more than $23.96 plus shipping for two great bottles of wine. Go there now. Sign up by visiting our link, tinyurl.com slash p3wine. That's tinyurl.com slash p3wine. The Wine of the Month Club, the original wine club since 1972. Ladies and gentlemen, right now on the P3 Hotline, we have wrestling superstar, the Human Tornado. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? Well, man, like I said, we appreciate you being here. It has been, it has been pretty. Sorry, do you have some wind going? Yeah, it's like a very windy where I'm at. <laughs> this is such taking a taking a nice effort. long walk. Yeah, taking a nice long walk with my grandmother. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. We, we we don't we don't really use cars, bicycles all too much. We don't say we use what God gave us. Is these these yeah. feet. What were some of your wrestling influences growing up? Who did you watch? Um, I try to watch as much as as possible. I mean, I didn't really get like a chance to to watch too much. Uh, I couldn't couldn't really have like cable, so I had like you know the, the basic channels and stuff. Yeah. That when I did have the cable, you couldn't get all the cool channels like you know the pay per views and stuff. Right. Yeah. But you you always got to go to your friend's house to get the you know the bootleg joints and stuff, right. and then watch all the the shows and stuff like that. So that that's kind of how I had to watch it as, as a youth. So we're really close to Memphis, Tennessee. Our local promotion was Memphis Wrestling with Jerry Lawler. Did y'all have a local right. promotion there? As far as I knew, there was like uh, several of them, or, or a few, I should say. I mean, there was like a lot of lucha, lucha libre going on. Uh, yeah. EWF was out there for a cool minute. I mean, I mean, they're still out there now. I mean, it, it, new stuff popping up like here and there, like the Centinos. I mean, they're 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 carrying on the the, the Slammers ban- banner, I, I believe. So 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 that that's also cool, you know. Send pick up jobs from them guys and you know the rest of the dudes. How uh, how did you get your start in wrestling? Around like 2002, I found a wrestling ring in Anaheim with my homie, and then uh, 
started training after that. It, it was a lot of uh, Revolution Pro kids, so I started tra- training with the Revolution Pro kids over here in California. Did you grow up and, in California? And, uh, oh, well, well kind of, sort of, yeah. It, it, it's a long story behind that, but I mostly like, lived in uh, Central and SoCal, you know, spent most of my life. You know, just for preparation for the interview, I looked at your Wikipedia. Now, I know that Wikipedia is sometimes not right. but You don't says, have robot legs, like they say on Wikipedia, right? <laughs> well, I seen that you were from Hollywood, Alabama, and I didn't know if that was from, you know, the Dolomite 2 human tornado character, if he was from Hollywood, Alabama, or if you actually were from Hollywood, Alabama or not. I don't know for sure. With today's technology, if there actually is a Hollywood, Alabama or not, <laughs> but if I was told there probably is one. I'm not sure either on that one, but yeah, we we didn't know exactly where you were from, but as you can tell, our accent kind of gives us away, so I don't hear that southern draw accent, so you're, you're pretty much from California. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I first saw you on a video where you were doing a dance-off in a ring against an, another wrestler named Ruckus. What was, whose idea was that? Uh, was that your idea? I know growing up around wrestling, being in wrestling, sometimes the guys can be a little hard-pressed to do something like that. Uh, did you have any trouble, if it was your idea, pitching it to the booker or your opponent? Um, well, the, the original idea was to go in there uh... – do like the storyline where uh, we had like a small like feud from a, a tag tournament di- uh, dispute that we had, and uh, when we came down to the actual match when it was a one on one, I realized that was uh, way outnumbered. You know, saying they had like five members of Blackout, if not more, you know, at the time. So, so it was just me, and I really didn't have like too much, you know, backup being on the East Coast. I, I really kind of just bring out like random West Coast dudes and be like, oh, now we're about to go ahead and do this. I mean. It's kind of tricky, kind of tricky, but it's tricky. But when the idea came down, uh, I originally did it at uh, PWG, just messing around, and and they caught footage of it, and they were uh, asking like, you know, interesting questions here and there. I'm like, I could possibly pull this off, and then, yeah, it's a magic one. It was, it was awesome. The other thing that stood out to me was that backhand slap you do. And I'm wondering, because I've always had something happen in the ring where I'm coming off and I'm coming hot, and I was blind for half of my career. I had a bad vision problem. That, that slap looks so vicious, it makes me think of the Terry Funk punch. Did you ever catch anybody with that thing at a time and just feel like, ooh, my bad, man? Yeah, the only person I actually felt that way uh, was Candice LeRae. <laughs> it was one time she took she took her backhand and I forgot how short she was, right. and she took it like completely like all head and forehead and head head region, and totally destroyed my head and my and her head at the same time. It was just a world of hurt in both ends. It was just not good. Yeah, but that was the only time. I mean, everything. Yeah, other than that, I was having the shit out of people. I was like, <laughs> left and right, chin no. up, chin to the side, catching leaning, catching falling. It's crazy. It's crazy. What did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> man, but I, I don't necessarily fit those lyrics. I was kind of just do it. <laughs> well, man, like I watched a video. Like, like Josh said, we prepared for this interview trying to catch up with some of the things you had been doing, some of the things you had done. And I know in one of the interviews, you said that you used to play basketball a little bit in high school. Now, was that just pick up or did you play for the team? That, 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 that. That was volleyball, son. Volleyball, volleyball. volleyball. I, I hang out where I hang out where all the bitches hang out. Hey, and it's the volleyball the team. I mean, and people always talk shit on like pro wrestling. I mean, what, what, what's what's the next best thing? I mean, men's volleyball. I mean, they talk shit on that all the time. 
Yeah, I mean, after if we were speedos and dumb shit like that. I mean, yeah, I don't. It's see just how, volleyball. I don't see how a wrestler could give you, you know, grief for being a volleyball player. To be honest, I mean, we're we're guys in tights that go out there and touch other guys for. An, 20, 30 minutes yeah. at a time. So there's nothing wrong with being a volleyball player. At least you get to slam a ball in somebody's face. I yeah. Mean, that, that's always the cool thing about volleyball. You get to slam the ball in their face. It's like, you don't have to pity pat it. You slam the ball in their face. Yeah. Great. That's all part of the game. Have you ever taken out a fan doing that? any of the dives that you do out on the outside? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Have you ever been to court over any of that? <laughs> nope. Nice. Nope. No, I haven't. We see sometimes, like I said, even in this area, we have fan incidents and people trying to attack the wrestlers, and it, it happens more than you think. And what was your scariest interaction with a fan where you thought, man, this isn't going to end well for one of us? Um, it probably was the time. It, it was this one uh, time I had a triple threat ladder match in uh, Porterville, California, and. and you know, saying it was about like maybe twenty people in a crowd. I mean, all drunk, all drunk. Right. They brought their own beer. They tailgated beforehand. They came in all kind of wasted. I mean, we we stayed my main event, so you know, all the liquor's kind of sitting in there. And then, yeah, they just want to reach out and touch somebody. It's, it gets a little interesting, you know, when they want to reach out and grab interesting things when they're drunk, like yourself or some stuff like that. Right. And they try to get involved. And you know, say so you have to use stuff like a ladder or something. You know, saying defend yourself and. The back, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets a little nuts with drunk people sometimes. I mean, that's that's one incident. I mean, there's a lot of incidents like that. Yeah. The people like you know, say try to throw themselves, you know, saying in harm's way and not knowing the danger and stuff. I try to try to save them man, as I put on the show at the same time. It's kind of right. kind of a, a difficult thing to do, but you know, that's that's what I do. Yeah, who was probably one of the wildest crowds? Like what area? Like what part of the country had the wildest crowd where you were like, okay, this is out of hand. Oh man, um, the, the the Juggalo Championship Wrestling is uh, <laughs> one, one of those one of those crowds. I mean, they pretty much like will, will let you have it. It's like it's pretty much like going to the Apollo Theater musician or whatever. You go there, do your talent. If they don't like you, they they're gonna let you know for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like they they throw batteries, this this anything at you, just let you know you need to get off the stage. When you tore your ACL wrestling in JCW, who were you wrestling and how did it happen? Uh, I was wrestling like one of the, the local scrubs, whatever his name was, and I ended up like just you know, doing my, my regular ring intro. And uh, by the time I got to the ring, you know, so I did my, my, my standard pose, and then I, I jumped into the ring, and that's and as, as where shit just kind of blew up. It's like, bam, out. Yeah. Just simply jumping into the ring. Can like mess you all up, you know what I'm saying, for the longest, and, and that's, that's that's what went down at JCW. Was the ring wet? Did somebody throw some water on the ring, or was it just one of those things? Nah, like, happened? like people people jump up and down to twist their ankle and stuff. It's pretty much like that, but okay. except for you know, blew my knee out. It was crazy. <laughs> now, was that the worst injury you've ever had in the uh, ring? Um, probably not. I got uh, knocked out uh, pretty good in uh, Revolution X. When they had Revolution X out in California for a while, and then uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty cool trip. I mean, I went off the top rope, came down, landed the concrete on my head, or like head first. It, it, it was it was cool, like because like I was knocked out right, and then I woke up there, like you know, signed some biddies after after the show. It was like that, that's, it goes in and out, like every once in a while. Every time I think about that moment, <laughs> yeah, I had a guy land on my head one time, and like blood shot out of my nose, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I felt like I was dead, but. You, you definitely lose some time there, and you wonder later on with CTE problems and stuff like that, is this going to come back to affect me? 
Now, yeah, at least that's, that's what they, they're trying to say, but I, I really don't know too much about that. I mean, right. it, it seems like it comes with a lot of paperwork and research. I'm like, uh, yeah, I feel all right. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to do that. Right. Now, what was the what would you say the worst injury you've ever seen in the ring was live? Like, we all know the second. Oh, man, Sid. the first. It, it was probably like the first, uh, like, uh, Battle Royal I've ever seen. It, it was a dude. He, he went to go catch a dude on the outside for a dive, and then he caught the dude, but then broke his ankle at the same time. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, we had a guy the one time. Bones popping out through the skin. Uh, he was waving at everybody. He was winking <laughs> oh, and stuff. I was like, oh, man. It's nasty. We had a guy in training Toes one dangling. time. Uh, we had a guy in training one time that was hitting the ropes, and somehow he got his foot in between the apron and the bottom rope and just snapped his leg, hitting the ropes. Same thing, bone poking mm. out and everything. Did you take a picture? No, no. <laughs> you, ever, you ever watched that Paul London video? No, no, no. no. I can't the watch Paul London video. I can't do it, man. Oh it's, man, it's amazing. Yeah, the it just Sid snaps thing. like. Oh, yeah, the Sid thing just kind of it did me in, man. That and you know, every time they have a basketball injury where the guy's jumping and diving and he turns his ankle and it just snaps and you hear the like, you're like, Ooh. oh nope, can't do it, can't watch it. You have a match uh, this month, matter of fact, for JCW. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, wow. Seriously, tomorrow. Well, when this comes out, you had a match for JCW this week. <laughs> You've had a match with JCW this month. Does Jay and Shaggy still have a big hand in running everything as far as the show, or have they gotten somebody to Kind of delegated it down. Right. That's, that's a great question. I will find out all this cool stuff when I make my return tomorrow for JCW. Because well, well, like I haven't seen far, these guys since, since you know, Slam TV. So. Right. Nice. Well, as far as back then, I mean, did they have a big hand in it, or did they have somebody in their company running something like that? Oh, no, it could be their awesome-ass commentator, Kevin Gill. I mean, it's awesome-ass commentator, but it seems like exactly. he got his hands deep into, you know, saying the, the wrestling because, you know, saying, hey, everybody got uh, other stuff to do and stuff, you know what I'm saying? So to keep the boat alive, you know what I'm saying, probably got dudes like him or, you know, Scott DeMora or some stuff like that, you know? Scott Demore. Scott Demore is good. He's. I think he's doing a lot of stuff with TNA now too. He is a executive producer. Yeah, great mind there. Great oh, mind yeah. for the business. Like I said, I think he's very underrated. Well, well. Speaking of that, as you've worked with Scott Demore before, do you think Impact or TNA has a chance to get back to what they were back maybe ten years ago? I don't know. Was it good ten years ago? <laughs> well, I mean, it's I mean, not not to talk mess on it, but no, no, no. I honestly yeah, yeah, yeah. just don't I mean, know. Just yeah. from a you know uh, a standard fan who would watch it on Spike, it was pretty cool. I yeah, mean, now I'll say like back about eight, five. Well, I don't know. I guess seven years ago when they got that Monday night slide, I thought they were going to really start taking off, but it just kind of fizzled out, and they ended up getting off Monday nights and compete with Raw, which it was way too soon to compete with Raw. But not at all. I don't think it is stupid. It's just, I don't know. understand why they are uh, so afraid to actually try to compete. It could be a money thing, but if that's yeah. the only thing, it's like, damn, all you got to do is find that dude because that's all WCW really had to, to actually compete with that, that dude that had the checks and stuff and got, got everything they needed to you know compete. Any company could do that as long as they find that dude. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. Here's the knock against them in a way because – they had the guys. If you look at their roster, you know, half the guys that were on their roster 10 years ago or five years ago are all in WWE now. Most of them are. You know, your Bobby Roods, 
your Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe um, Xavier Woods, all these guys were in there. And it's like you got to question, well, maybe they had really young talent. They just didn't know what to do with it at the time. But, I mean, both organizations like WWF and WCW back in the day did that. You know, they just didn't know how to use certain guys at a certain time. But in 2006, MTV aired a wrestling organization called Wrestling Society X. They almost looked, for people that are unfamiliar with this, almost looked like a uh, a version of like a Lucha Underground. It was it was really cool. I liked it. I thought it was really cool how they did it. How did you get involved with uh, Wrestling Society X, and what were your thoughts on the company? Um, I'm guessing it was just my luck. But then again, I guess it was just all the cool internet stuff that was popping up because uh, one of the executives around there was uh, asking me to do virtually all the stuff that he's seen me do on the internet and told me to do it for the TV show. I thought that was one of the weirdest things. They were just trying to do like the um, reality TV type angle where they're trying to cre- recreate moments. Right, but there was like no real angle to go like off the like they wanted to do that, but then it was like, yeah. You want the you everything want the, kind of everything kind of just went like every which way. The, it didn't really come together. You want the Brock Lesnar uh, shooting star press, but you don't want the month build up to what led to him doing that. Well, I right. thought the last match that you had with Jack Evans, I thought that was tremendous. The way they presented it, and it was a draw and all that. I was expecting, you know, something to happen next but it's like they kind of fizzled out. Yep. I mean, did you know at the time that that it was going to fizzle like it did? Or from the get-go, were you kind of skeptical Cause, the way everything was going to Yeah, because most of the times when you get called in for a wrestling organization, they're like, hey, man, there's this thing. It's going to be the most awesome thing ever. Come in. What were your thoughts when they called you and said, hey, come in? Were you thinking this is something that could go up and possibly compete with Vince one day? Or was this something you were just like – Eh, I don't think so. I, I think we'll just get in here, make our money, and try to do the best we can. Um, yeah. Being in uh, the stage I was in, I was more like, you know, the, the, the greenest dude in the whole locker room. So I, I, I wasn't really, like, motivated to, you know, compete television-wise with a whole other person that's, you know, king of television. I'm, I'm going in, like, not knowing nothing about it. I'm just coming straight from wrestling, training and stuff, doing shows here and there. So I'm not really, like, you know, hipped on that television production and stuff like that so i really don't like you know try to research numbers and figure out like what's the strategy that we could do to compete with whoever you know i was going there you know do my job right and i go home and make sure everybody's happy at the end i was like i'll like before i like after every show like i'll get paid and stuff after every show and then i asked for another straight up like everything with the show was okay on like on my end his end or whatever make sure everything was straight and then that's that i really can't put that on tv i mean that's just like you know but it still has got to feel pretty good when they say MTV is behind this. Or did you not know that going in? It didn't matter who. Like, at first, like, I heard it was going to be a spike. But then, you know, then when I heard MTV, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It seems to be a little like you, you know, you were on this brink of just exploding. And looking this up, I saw something that said that, you know, you, you see rumors everywhere uh, about why wrestlers do certain things uh it seems like you kind of took a small hiatus was that due to some injuries or was that just you know you just needing some time off to get away from it were you getting burnt out uh, i know you're still working uh, it's basically what i'm doing right now right i'm, I'm still on this long ass walk <laughs> with my grandmother got you 
Yeah, man, I got out, like I said, I got out about five years ago after a back surgery, and I found out that my wife was pregnant. And family time and home time, man, you can't replace that with anything. So if that was the reason, then that's... Yeah, and at the same time, it gives you time to heal certain things. That yeah. needs to be healed. And I saw that, you know what I'm saying? Once you get time to, to get, get back into the ring, you'll, you'll, you'll get back in there. See, all it, all it took, like, one, one, one year off, that was 2011. So when I took 2011 off, like, I, I came back 2012 in New York, and that's slowly started making my way back all the way to, to California to, to, to start with the, like the new students and stuff, and, and the new kids are coming up. Well, man, do you have anything yeah. coming up pretty soon? <coughs> any, any dates, any bookings? Uh, this will probably be out in two weeks, and I'll take you. Well, I gotta, I'll be in uh, Texas for uh, TCW. Uh, they got the Gold Rush uh, tournament, yeah. and I plan on winning the entire thing. Well, man, like I said, I appreciate you being on. Thank you for spending time with us. Oh, no. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, if you guys want to check out like some videos and stuff, you can check out my uh, Patreon site. And then, uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted on Twitter. Like, yeah, within the next shows and stuff that's going down. And I guess I'll be on Facebook Live watching, watching myself and this old lady walk down the street. If you guys want to check it out, I mean, it'll probably be like the next 15 minutes. H. Tizzle yeah, on Twitter. I'm going to watch H. Tizzle on Periscope at work. Well, you can find him H. Tizzle just about everywhere. Human Tornado, check him out. If you haven't seen him, he's very entertaining. You won't go away disappointed. Human Tornado, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being on P3 Radio. He speaks fluent Klingon. Backwards. The best story he's ever told was to himself. Of the two women he slept with in his life, one fell asleep, the other thought he was someone else. Dogs take him for walks. He is the world's most semi-interesting man. I don't often smoke, but when I do, I only choose Vista Vapors. Visit them today at tinyurl.com slash p3vista. Keep it flavorful, my friends. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to P3 Radio. This is still Richard Mulliken and still joined by my co-host and best friend, Josh Briley. I'm still Josh Briley. Still here. We have a few more commercial spots there now, normal than normal. Do you feel big time? No, not at all. I don't either. Yep. <laughs> I guess, you know, they say the the money that you make can change you. Yeah. It's not doing anything to me at all because we're not making any money exactly yeah but i mean e even like the two or three i mean cents. it can change you because you're eating ramen noodles and <laughs> you probably develop cancer from yeah. all that sugar and the stress the stress of not having any money it'll, yeah but well i'm gonna tell you something if stress was a cancer maker well, i'd have cancer a long time ago you probably so, do what are you saying i'm just a survivor yeah so, like, I'm just riding it out for, yeah. like, the last 30, at least 30 years? Yeah, probably. Wow. Be dead in a week. Hey, I'm with you. P3 Radio, ladies and gentlemen. P3 Radio, yep. tribute, Arn Claw. Mm -hmm. Be doing this show Heaven, by myself Heaven next week. Heaven champion. We're going to have a tribute to our late, great co-host, Josh Riley. <laughs> so, anyways, Josh. Should we even be doing this now? We're what? only a minute in. 
we we usually don't get morbid until at least ten minutes in. We've you're right. We've hit a new we've hit a new low hit a for new ourselves. Low. Well, you know, you know how uh, certain territories back in the day would hot shot a ter you know just hot shot a place. I think that's yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> We're hot shotting this podcast. Next week we'll be like, "Welcome back to P3 Radio." Josh is going to die soon. <laughs> Pretty sure that ingrown toenail is going to kill him. Uh, hey, from the way that uh, toenail injuries have been happening, uh, I think you're the one that we got to worry about. <laughs> all right, so snowpocalypse is upon us. So if you're listening to this, this was recorded on the week of the 13th or whatever. So in Jackson, Tennessee, right now. We got at least six to seven inches of snow, which the other day, on a side note, we were joking, me and my wife, and I told her, I was like, it's going to be crazy outside. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, there's going to be at least three inches. I was like, but you're going to get at least a six and a half of <laughs> pure. <laughs> I was like, Yep, you're gonna. There's gonna be three inches of devastating snow in Jackson, but you're gonna get six and a half on a good day if it's warm outside and I'm not having any kind of distractions. And <laughs> but no, so I digress. Anyways, so here's a question for you, Josh, and I will preface this by saying there is a point to this. Okay. You know when you when you buy things. At a store. <laughs> Usually they have an expiration date. Usually. Yeah. Well, most sometimes. everything has an expiration. A best if used or best if purchased by this date. Yeah. Does soap have an expiration date? You know, now that you pose that question, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You would think that soap is good whenever. Now, saying that, like, say if somebody handed you a, a thing of soap and said it's two years old. Would you be like, eh, I don't want to use that. It's not going to kill the bacteria. You'd probably be like, yeah, it's probably fine. You know, as strange it is, as it is, I would feel more, I would have more reservations about soap than I would, say, like shampoo or something really? like that. Because if shampoo screwed up, you'll feel like, uh, I don't know, you'd figure there'd be some kind of clumpiness or something that would feel too thin or watery. Yeah, you know, I mean, but soap is a dead giveaway. If it's not working, it's not lathering, if you will. Yeah, it's not lathering. I, I mean, we're not talking about the lathering abilities of the soap. We're talking about if somebody handed you a bar of soap, would you ask when was this soap made? For the most part, you're probably going to be like, "Oh, it's soap. It's good, right?" Well, if somebody's handing me a bar of soap. Immediately, I'm gonna say what the fuck's wrong with it because <laughs> there's no excuse for you telling me away. I stink. We're in a library right now. You, yeah, <laughs> you're giving me a bar of soap. There's some kind of angle with it. What's wrong with it? Why do you not want to use it? But if it's just a gift, whatever. Pull that mic down in front of you there a little bit. No, this part, the actual, yeah, because I feel like you're talking into an echo. There you go. There you go. That's perfect. But no, I mean, here's why that subject came up. The other day, my daughter is over at my mom's house, her grandmother's house, my daughter's grandmother, and she finds these soaps that are shaped like a frog, a cow, all these little shapes and sizes and whatnot. And my mom wouldn't let her use it because she said 
the soap was five, six years old, maybe seven years old. And she was like, it's probably out of date. God almighty. That's like from when you were a kid. Yeah, well, she's, yeah, it's still the same. But <laughs> but the thing is, that made me wonder. I was like, Mom, soap does not go out of date. And then I had to sit and think. I was like, does soap go out of date? I don't know. And I didn't want to Google it. I wanted to have something to talk about here. So, I mean, the easy way out is to Google it. But I don't think soap goes out of date. With that same mindset, if somebody said, I found an old bar of soap from the 1940s, would you feel comfortable using it? Dude, everything goes out of date. No matter what it is, I mean, even a building. If you got a building that, say, it's even... I mean, I know this is stretching it, but even a, like 500 years old. Yeah. There's something that's weaker about it. There, you know, it doesn't withstand I mean, stuff that's been. You can say that, but over in England and London and over in like Scotland and those places in Europe, there are buildings like castles that have been standing for centuries. That is correct, but those also were major construction sites that were overseen by, say, royalty or somebody that had enough money to ensure the construction of said objects. Like, we're not talking about, you know, a jabroni house or something like that. I mean, when you got something like that, you never know. So you you're know? telling me those were the exception of the rules, but a dial soap from the 1970s, might not be up to snuff. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Say you got um, anything from an engineering standpoint, whether it be a house, bar of soap, whatever. If you got a master engineer, say like a uh, somebody that works for whatever kind of company you want, Ford, uh, GM, uh, dial soap general or electric whatever let's go with dial soap do you honestly think they got major engineers working for that company yes well probably and and they're they're <laughs> stealing money <laughs> but yes go ahead nevertheless if you got expensive uh if you got an expensive company yes what I mean by with that, dial soap. somebody that has uh un you know not unlimited monetary backing but you know, might as well be. Dial soap. More than likely, you're going to have something that has a bit of a longevity. But if you got Ted Jabroni's house of soap from down the block, yeah. obviously he don't have master engineers or, or whatever. Dial soap money. Yeah. He ain't got dial soap money. Yeah. So, uh, circling back to your question. Which I've forgotten by now. Yeah. Because you're like, engineers are engineering, and there's a guy down here, and there's an engineer. Do you think doubt? Yeah, well, we'll go with that. Engineers. Go ahead. What was your What was your part? Say engineer. I'm, try I'm trying to create a perception. With an engineer. For the audience. Yes. You understand? Seven <laughs> people listen to us. Okay? And out of them go seven... Ahead. They know Surely that to God, there's a few of them that engineers. Can think logically. Yes. You know, the the projects. You think soap's just built? No, they use an engineer. No, I'm saying. Go ahead. Companies, uh, 
you know, certain construction <laughs> projects, whatever. You anything, engineers. Anything that's got major money behind yes. it is going to be more than likely. Engineered. Now, there are exceptions. By doll soap. The place that I work at yes. is one of them. You're going to get fired. Excellent exceptions. Yeah. There are engineers behind them companies <laughs> participating in most cases yes. that are acting as though they're getting paid for their job and they actually engineer something that has a bit of longevity yes. say your castles in England or yes. whatever the hell uh -huh. but if you take uh, your neighbor's house or uh -huh. whatever more likely they were jabroni engineered and they probably won't last 500 to thousands of years this house is 111 years old. It's 100 million years old. 111. 111. 100 million years old. 111 years old. Huh? 111. 100 and million years old. Nope. Engineers? You got uh, huh? engineers that are over 100 that were... You don't go over here and be an engineer, and then you just go there. And it's engineered to be engineered because the participants are participating well, in the engineer I program. I hate to break it to you. You got jabronis. Does soap go out of date? It's <laughs> over with. Does soap go out of date? Yes or no? I'm going to be... Yes or no? Answering... Nope. nope. <laughs> yes. Don't... Yes. Because... Okay. How? What's the shelf life of soap? Technically. What's the shelf life of soap? <laughs> I can't give you that answer. Just give me... But what, what how old is, is a soap this. that you would feel uncomfortable using? Look, if you were nope. to offer me That's what I want to dollars... Nope. Quit talking so much. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Engineers, I'm going to yes. have to. Yes. It has an expiration has, date. Yes. Okay. So what's the shelf life? What is the oldest soap that you would feel comfortable? Ten years. Ten years. Yes. Outside of ten years, it's bad now. That's just my benchmark, but that, that's the one I'd, I'd go with personally. I'm not saying it's scientific. I fact. love how you said that's my benchmark. Like you've thought about this before now. I just I'm I'm uh, more of a guy that kind of goes along with on the fly. <laughs> wait wait wait, is that 2006 Old Spice? Nah, get that the fuck out of here. <laughs> I ain't using that. Hey, using that body wash, it ain't gonna lather. I'm gonna tell you something. When I started shaving, more than likely, I used Old Spice from the 70s. Yeah. So you know. So you really don't have a benchmark. When it comes to soap, yeah, because I'm more. Then uh, I'm very, 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 very conscious. Long winded. <laughs> of that too. <laughs> I'm very conscious about like soap and deodorant and stuff like that. Yeah. But if it's like aftershave or something like that, there's no way to know because it ain't got nothing stamped. Uh, I'm pretty sure it does. Well, I mean, on the older bottles, I. There was nothing. Bottles. <laughs> yes. You never have no brute bottles for men. Bottles. Your granddaddy's uh, shelf or uh, Old Spice that was in a legit bottle. Are you serious? Uh-uh. You ever had none of that? No. You never lived. So, Josh, <laughs> that look on your face right now. <laughs> you you wanted to talk about engineers or something? What did you have that you wanted to talk about? Topic. Well, I mean, if you were going by engineers... Uh, oh, Jesus, just get to your topic. <laughs> I can't speak on engineers uh, from my company perspective. No. Because we don't have any. You had a topic you wanted to talk about. Yeah, that's what I said. My companies don't have engineers. 
<clears throat> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> no, we were talking the other day about Facebook. We're looking for some computer chairs, basically, ladies and gentlemen. We have some old white chairs that we sit in that are uncomfortable. We need computer rolling desk chairs. And we don't want to pay $70, $80 a chair. So if you got any that you want to give to yeah. us, P3 donations. Text. Tinyurl.com slash P3 donations. No. If, it would be nice if somebody had one they wanted to give away. That would be great. That way we could roll around, talk, relax, even recline a little bit. But we were looking on Facebook the other day, and I sent you a message that said, check this Facebook Marketplace ad out. I said, they're selling these two chairs. One for 15, two for 35. <laughs> and I was like, can that. I just buy two for 15? Can I do that? I don't want to, I don't want you to jack the price up for the second chair. So we started talking about other things like Facebook, Marketplace, eBay, and Craigslist come up. And we started talking about funny Craigslist posts. You had a something that you saw on Craigslist? I have several things that I saw on Craigslist that just just tickled me endlessly. Well, I mean, if you went to Craigslist, there's many people that would tickle you endlessly for said money, but I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Well, the first uh, ad that really stuck out with me, <laughs> Man of My Dreams. Uh-oh. So this is Craigslist Personals. No, well, uh, this is Yes, <laughs> this actually, well, I'm cheating. It's the best of Craigslist. This is stuff that the editors of All right, uh, so Craigslist I'm, as a whole picks out as they think is the funniest or most entertaining post. So I just want to point out, you never want to say the words Craigslist and I'm cheating in the same sentence. It could lead to some bad things. <laughs> Or good things, depending on who you are. This one. Okay, we'll edit that out. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. This one ahead. is called Man of My Dreams, and it's in the Women for Men uh, category. Now, this shows a gentleman in New Orleans. And this is when New Orleans was flooded uh, one of the thousand times that it floods. Uh, <laughs> wow. Imagine that living... 500 feet below sea level and your place floods. Imagine that. Um, this is a guy. It's a picture. Oh, you people aren't going to see it. but uh, How do you know they won't see it? This is a guy. He's in a kayak. Paint it with your imagination. He's turning up a beer and he's crossing through some black picket fences. Now, it says, as a, it's a picture of him turning up a beer. It says, this afternoon... You pulled up Bayou Beer Garden in your kayak just to grab a cold one. You, sir, are the man of my dreams. You're not the kind of guy that just throws in the towel on a perfectly good day off. No, you're the kind of man that grabs the bull by the horns and the carps and sh carps the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> and the carps and shh, carps shit. <laughs> well, I didn't know where they were going with that. 
I know a, I know a carp is a fish, but I mean, what are you talking about? Either way, have that beer, baby. You deserve it. While the air horns were blowing and their <laughs> shotguns were blazing, awaiting the word from the National Guard, you, sir, were gliding through that street like a... I have no idea what word they're using. Some kind of Spell crazy it. crap from New Orleans. Spell it. G-O-N-D-O-L-I-E-R. Gondillo? Godillo? Yeah, go ahead. Try. Try some of that. Go ahead. Either way. Go ahead. Uh, you were a gondoler in the canals of Venice. A beacon of hope and comfort during these important times. I don't care where you may be from because you are a true New Orleans and a real man. Your photo would go down in infamy. And when it does, remember who truly loved you first. This girl. Oh, and this is that. A mullet. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> Let me see. This guy, he's turning up a bear. He has no care in the world. He's in a kayak <laughs> in the middle of a flood. This uh, Misconnections, ladies and gentlemen, from Craigslist. Misconnections is a funny one. And uh, then we got one. Oh, uh, go ahead. From the uh, this is also from the Misconnections. Go ahead. This does not have a picture, but it does have a caption. You, the letter U, was duh D A Ultrasound Tech T E K at Bronson Cox Hospital. <laughs> it was Thursday night. I had a UTI, and you was like whore, uh Harry Moni from Harry Potter with your ultrasound wand and you cast a spell on me. I was there with my boyfriend and would leave him because you know how to work it, girl. You want to get get it and go to McDonald's sometime? Hit me up. Tell me how big the cyst was on my ovary <laughs> so you know it is me. <laughs> So Bless their heart. Craigslist has a lot of miscon misconnections. Those are some crazy ones. God Almighty, they got a bunch of them. Here's one. <laughs> this is not a misconnection, however. <laughs> Learn to impersonate Tom Cruise. Would you like to wow your friends and family with your uncanny Tom Cruise impersonation? <laughs> Now you can learn how to be Tom Cruise just in one afternoon. A professional Tom Cruise impersonator is developing a one-hour crash course. And you can learn on your own to impersonate that star from Top Gun. He needs beta testers, in parentheses, who are eager to learn the tricks of the trade in the Tom Cruise impersonator game. All genders, body types, ethnicities are welcome. You don't have to look like Tom with an exclamation point. The class will be filmed for your review. Participants will be given footage for their participation in this trial run in the Learn to Be Tom Cruise session. Please reply with the following. Name, age, photo, email address, Phone number, parentheses, it's time to reach you. And a sentence or two on why you want to be like Tom Cruise. 
dun, dun, Are dun, you freaking kidding me? Dun, dun. Really? <laughs> like, this guy wasted five minutes to type this ad up. Yeah, that's a long, drawn-out thing to say. Hey, and, do you want to be Tom Cruise? Oh, yeah? my God. Right. Who wants to be that little shithead? <laughs> There's a lot of people. I mean... I mean for his bank account, be but I mean, just and, uh, being him, a respected actor, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You did. <laughs> You've already got it. I love how that's slowly oh. become a thing, though. We haven't talked about that at all. But what in the past two hours we've been like, "Go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead." I'll wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't. I like it. It's a new thing. If we had a shirt, it would just say, "Go ahead." Go ahead. Go ahead. I like it. I like the Craig. We'll have to do some more Craigslist things going forward. Florida Ticket Station. Florida. Your one-stop shop for discounted tickets on all of Orlando's best theme parks. Orlando. All of Orlando's local attractions. Orlando. All of Orlando's events. All of Orlando's local attractions and so much more. They offer affordable tickets to Disney World, Mickey Mouse, Universal Studios, Back to the Future, SeaWorld, Legoland, Everything is Awesome, Bush Gardens, I don't know what that is, and so much more. But, But seriously, Josh, they are licensed and insured with the state of Florida. So you can rest assured that your reservations are valid. Summer's coming and vacation time's right around the corner. Round the corner. So go to tinyurl.com slash p3florida and book your Orlando vacation today. Today. tinyurl.com slash p3florida. Well, the sound of that music means we have reached the end of another episode of P3 Radio. And if you want to find us on Facebook, how can they do that, Richard? Just type in Pop Poncho on Facebook, and you can go to YouTube and type in P3 Radio, or on Twitter, at P3 Radio 1. We'd like to thank all of you for listening to P3 Radio this week, as well as the Human Tornado for being on. Until next week, this is Richard Mulliken for Josh Brawley saying thank you and good night.